Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here in the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As it was report day, and the markets definitely saw some reaction to the numbers that came out during the 11 o'clock hour. Some negativity happening within the grain complex. Live cattle saw some lower numbers, though it was higher on the feeders and the hogs. No surprise, feeders may be taking a little bit of advantage to that drop in the corn price. But we're going to find out what happened in these numbers, what the report had to say, and how we move forward as Alan Brugler joins us. He's with Brugler Marketing and Management. So report day, a lot of anticipation, a lot of wondering what those acre numbers were going to say and what possible uh, bushel numbers were going to say. What was your overall take uh, of the report today? Well, the, the overall take is uh, the trade was looking for the, the corn production to go down. It actually was smaller than the trade average gas at the 15.111 billion bushels. Average yield was a little lower than the average trade gas. Um, you know, so those were positive, but on the other hand, uh, USDA was forced to cut some of the, from the, the uh, consumption numbers because of the reduced supply. So bottom line is the, the new crop corn ending stocks uh, were 2.202 billion. That was down from July, but it was more than the trade was looking for. So we got an initial rally on the yield number and the, and the acreage number, and then we sold it off based on the... Uh, uh, the fact that, you know, we really are very comfortable at 2.2 billion bushels. Did you see anything that kind of made you sit back and, and think, okay, we knew this was coming, we've we've heard the discussions, and, and now it's seeing some numbers within the USDA? Well, the, the market was, was kind of coiled up there. We, we, were, we were having very narrow ranges the last four or five days in corn. You know, that, that's an indicator of a bigger move to come. You kind of thought it might be to the upside simply because we were so, a little oversold. But, uh, again, I, th- I think uh, acreage is still a, a wild card here. Uh, FSA is going to announce uh, their – they're going to marry up their numbers with the NAS numbers in September. But we did get FSA uh, prevent plant numbers this afternoon too. So a uh, lot to chew on there. No kidding. Now, soybean-wise, uh, looking at what they're expecting, an average of 50.9 bushels to the acre, they said that's up on the numbers when you compare it to uh, 2022. Not by much, but it's still still up on that. Yeah, it, it, it was lower than the, the trade average guess, though, and it was down 1.1 bushels from last month. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, I'm, I'm very disappointed at the moment in the soybean action because we did have tighter numbers on the production side. And we uh, actually had a 55 million bushel cut on the new crop ending stock side, but we're still looking at the 15 to 20 cent lower on the board. So this is this is not good price action. Uh, it's 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 buy the rumor, sell the fact, and we didn't really get that much of a buy over the last week. <laughs> Now, looking at, I, I found it interesting, um, areas like Arkansas, Indiana, Mississippi, North Carolina, even South Carolina, and Ohio say they're going to have record highs. Um, Mother Nature, pretty cooperative to them for the most part. Do we see some pullbacks, though, in other areas? Because you look at Missouri, for example, and even parts of Nebraska and, and the upper Midwest having to deal with some drought numbers. Well, we we definitely, you know, you look at the drought monitor, you can find the red spots, right? That's that's Missouri, that's Nebraska, a little bit of Iowa, Wisconsin. You know, there, there's, some, there's some areas that have definitely been shorted on moisture. I, I, I think the, the, the main story relative to soybeans, though, is that they'll hunker down and wait, and if they get the rain in August, then they tend to, to put on some flowers and you, you, you get a decent yield. USDA 
was reflecting that stress from from July to a degree with these lower uh, yield numbers. But those again, those are based on the producer survey primarily, some satellite sensing, and uh, they don't do their objective yield plots until September, where they actually have USDA employees out in the field. So uh, that is still a moving target. But I, I think the, the the bottom line story is the rains in in July and early August have helped the crop. And the question is uh, how much uh, corn probably got more damage early on from, from the dryness in June and than the beans did. Not much of a drop when it came to winter wheat production forecasts. No. And uh, the interesting thing was uh, USDA had telegraphed a few days ago. They put out a press release and said they they would change the acreage numbers for barley and wheat in this report if if, if justified by the FSA data. So they, they felt they already had enough data to, to revise the wheat and barley. And they did raise acreage 200,000, and they raised harvested acreage 200,000. So you, you actually had a bigger bigger acreage number, but they, uh, as somewhat anticipated, they cut the yield by, by a few tenths of a bushel. But, so, yeah, bottom line is the overall production was down a little bit. That was, that was all in the spring wheat and the white winter wheat. Uh, they actually revised uh, the SRW, which is grown east of the Mississippi mostly, uh, they raised that about eighteen million from last month. What about from global numbers? Kind of as we uh, look at those, any any surprises that you saw? Well, uh, the the encouraging thing is that all of the numbers were tighter than in July. Okay, you, the, the corn uh, about three million tons tighter than July. Uh, soybeans down a million and a half. Wheat down about a million. So you know, a little tighter numbers that that helps support prices. USDA did raise their average cash price estimate for beans by thirty cents today from what they were using last month, and they raised the new crop corn by a dime. So, yeah, you are you you are seeing a little tighter scenario there. Uh, I didn't really get a chance to dig into the Chinese numbers. I know they raised Chinese bean imports a million tons, but. Um, China's had some pretty serious flooding in Heilongjiang here over the last couple of weeks. That's a major production area for corn and beans in, within China. So um, there may be more to that story when we roll into the September report. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to look at when we come back. We'll take a look at uh, still what's going on with Ukraine's production numbers, what we're seeing, how much that was influenced in the report of today, and where do we go from here? Is this a flash in the pan when it comes to some negativity? Will we turn things around come Sunday night? We'll also look at the livestock side of the trade action as well as Alan Brugler. will stick around and join us for the second half. It's the Friday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Summer is going fast and Husker Harvest Days is right around the corner. Please join us one final year in the Fontenelle Tent at the show September 12th through the 14th near Grand Island. There's plenty to talk about, including the merger into the new Channel Seed brand, our proven performance potential, and an expanded corn portfolio for 2024. So stop and see Fontenelle at Husker Harvest Days. The same local commitment with new possibilities. Always read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRVN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here in the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Alan Brugler with Brugler Marketing and Management. Talk about the global side of what we saw in today's USDA report. And um, let's jump to our, our neighbors to the north. Let's look at those Canada uh, numbers. What are you seeing? Any surprises there? Well, the uh, we know there's been some drought problems in Canada. The, the uh, 
they've had some of the same dryness issues that we've seen in the Pacific Northwest. And um, usually USDA follows stats can lead, but they haven't had a stats can number to work with. So uh, they did go ahead and cut their Canadian production by 2 million tons per week today, and they took that straight out of the exports. That's down 2 million tons. So, uh, you know, that's, that's significant in that it tightens up the world numbers a little bit on the export availability. But overall, USDA um, cut the world trade, cut the world export trade by about one point, almost two million tons. So they're they're basically saying the economy's slowing down. We know China's got some issues and so do some other people. So, um, yeah, it's supportive to the market if if Canada's got a little smaller crop. But uh, the big news to me was they jacked up the Ukrainian production by three and a half million tons for wheat and uh, did not change the exports. And despite the export corridor being closed and despite the destruction to some of their export facilities by the Russian missiles and drones and so forth, uh, USDA basically just punted and said, we, we don't know what's going to happen on the export side yet, so we're, we're going to leave the numbers where they are for now. And, you know, I've had this conversation with some of the USDA staff. The problem is the, the production numbers are, are really junk because of the, 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 the instability of the borders. Okay. You've got Russia claiming four of those uh, provinces are really part of Russia and they only controlled, you know, two thirds of that area. But Russia's counting the, some of that production as Russian production. USDA really can't count it because it's behind enemy lines, so to speak. Uh, Ukraine, you know, can't count even some of their own stuff that's on the right side of the border that they still control because it's it's being shot at right now. Uh, so, you know, these the, the numbers are very fluid. Uh, the exports are the, the main thing you can measure. Um but even there, you you know, you have a fire at a grain elevator due to a missile strike, and now you've lost some bushels. But how many bushels did you lose, and how soon do you know it? So, so where do we go from here? As you look at these numbers heading into Sunday night. Well, I, I think the the the, the market's going to have to sit here and say, what is, we'll go back to trade weather, okay? And the, the 6 to 10, 8 to 14 day forecast, we're looking a little warmer and drier for that second second week out, okay, the 17th through the 24th or whatever that that basic calendar period is, uh, do we do we think there's some more yield loss potential or are these numbers uh, enough cushion? Uh, we did do some damage to the charts today. September corn took out the, the June low. Uh, the, the December corn um, went down and tested that 481 area and, in fact, uh, got to 483 as we're speaking so uh that that's a key thing for me to watch on sunday night is is are we are we able to hold that or that uh, july low on the on the new crop or you know do we have to go on down seasonal tendency would be to go down into harvest the big debate was were we going to get anything today that give us an early harvest low and so far the verdict is no well, live cattle and feeder cattle, as we've kind of switched pages, have, have kind of flirted with that negativity on the trade. What's, what's your thoughts on the way? And we had some decent cash on, on the midweek. What seems to be the pull-down factor on a Friday? Well, I think it's mostly just profit-taking. Okay. You know, we got we got excited because of the cash trade being a little little more positive. 
And, you know, the, the market's just very gun-shy about holding positions over the weekend in any of these commodities if you got money made. There's a, there's a tendency to, to want to put it in your pocket and, and, okay, I'll come back on Sunday night or Monday morning. And I think that's that's basically the main factor in the cattle today. Feeder cattle, of course, uh, like the cheaper corn, so they're not they're they're down a little bit, but not as much as you'd expect given what the cattle have done. And for hogs, what are your thoughts on their movement? Uh, hogs don't want to go down. Okay, you've got you've got the August trading over uh, hundred one dollars, closer to hundred two. The index is hundred three. August expires, of course, on Monday. Uh, the the third contracts still have a decent chart pattern. They're a little overbought, but they're still in uptrends. So uh, we know there's going to be a rollover to a, to and a drop to a harvest low or a fall low, excuse me, in, in hogs as the kill numbers start to pick up. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Oh, please call us, 402-697-3623. That's our main office number. Uh, you can visit us on our uh, website, that's www.brugler.com. We'd love to talk to you about our uh, analysis and advisory services. You can also uh, look for free stuff once in a while on X, as our handle there is Brugler MKTG. All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.